But I think this year, people who had never experienced any real symptoms, stress and anxiety, I think this is the first time some people really experienced it. And so I think that is one of the silver linings I tried to identify in this whole thing of being able to normalize some of these types of symptoms and experiences and getting help for them. Welcome to the Faculty Factory Podcast. I'm Kim Skorupski. On today's episode, I'm so pleased to introduce you to Dr. Alexis Hammond. Dr. Hammond, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Why don't you tell folks who you are and what you do at Hopkins? Hi, well, thank you for having me. I am an assistant professor in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences. So I'm a psychiatrist by training and I am specifically working in addictions with a focus on substance use and pregnancy. So I do about 50-50 clinical and research currently. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, I remember you in the leadership program and I'm just, I'm just sad here thinking, looking at your picture. Not sad, but I'm, I'm happy looking at your picture, but saddened that we're, we can't be in person. But this podcast yeah. is a, is a unique way, at least for us to kind of keep in contact and maybe hearken upon, you know, the experiences we've had and, what we can share with people. So as you know, this this Triple H series that we're doing now, the Habits and Hacks from Hopkins, is, is just that. It's an opportunity to invite faculty members to, you know, share their experiences and, and to demonstrate the stuff they've learned and how they've applied it in their academic careers. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to what you have to share. So why don't you just take it away? Yes, thanks. So, um, you know, just thinking about kind of things that I've done, different habits. As a psychiatrist, I'm certainly a big proponent of self-care, and especially in this year. uh, But we still have some ways to go to get back to kind of a more normal state. But um, I've definitely been really focused on my self-care outside of work so that I can really be productive and happy and have the energy to, you know, be productive at work as well. And so some of the things that I have really been working on include meditation. I like to use apps like the Calm app for meditation as well as sleep stories to kind of get a good night's rest. Mm. I have kind of been up and down with the exercise, but I'm kind of back on <laughs> back on that uh, mm. track doing some apps at home, including yoga and doing mm. some deep breathing practices. And then outside of that, I've also been kind of just making sure to prioritize my time. I, and I that's been kind of difficult in the pandemic, when we're working from home at certain times, I think that some bosses expect you to be more productive, but then you're also trying to deal with the stress of everything that's going on. And so really just being kind to myself and setting expectations for what I, I'm going to get done, you know, not trying to do more than I did before a pandemic happened. So in addition to that, I have really been trying to limit my media consumption, mm. whether it's social media or, or news, depending on what's going on in the world. And then scheduling time to meet with my friends and family. And for those that that are outside of my bubble, it's, you know, virtually, but um, really being intentional about taking that time to spend with them, whether it's, you know, just a FaceTime chat or getting together over Zoom. I really found that I've been talking more to some of my friends who are long distance than I did in the past, you know, getting to see them virtually. So, you know, that's something that I've kind of been trying to do in general as well as like, focusing on what are the silver linings that I can find out of this year in this situation, like talking to certain, you know, catching up with certain old friends, but then also just trying to be more well-rounded and use some of this free time I have 
on the weekends and evenings uh, to be productive outside of academia as well. So like I've been working on focusing on my financial literacy, one of my current goals. So I think that is, those are the main things I've been working on. Um, This is a great combination of things. Thank you, Alexis. I want to go backwards. You, the last thing Mm -hmm. you kind of like said really quickly, tell me more about financial literacy because you know, uh, I'm thinking about what you know, Doctor, our colleague in the Office of Faculty Development, Doctor Dave Usum, mm-hmm. who was a section head of Chief of Neuroradiology, has an MBA, and he designed mm-hmm. two courses for us: the Economics of Clinical Operations, mm-hmm. as well as an Academic Toolkit, both centered around clinicians who are building their practice and trying to understand the financials of the organization. And so he's he's all savvy in that that um, arena, but. And I've always right. been one of these people who would love to understand the stock market and right. all that right. stuff. I'd, I'd love to, but I, I really realize that I don't really love, I yeah. like, I love Same. to think that I would love to, but I, I right. feel like right. I, it's one of those things I should do, but I really hate the, I hate it. So sometimes right. it's, I think the irony is they think, Oh, I really want to do that. But I'm like, do I really want to do that? If I really wanted to do it, I think by now I would have done it because I really don't want it. So yeah. tell- Tell us more about that financial <laughs> literacy thing. Yes. Yeah. You sound like me. I, um, my brain doesn't necessarily, it doesn't come naturally to me to understand some of these things. And I actually took his economics of clinical medicine course and it was a lot of stuff that was over my head, but at least, <laughs> at least it started kind of turning some of the wheels. So I did that a couple of years ago, I think. I think being in this pandemic and some of the economic hardships we're seeing and just thinking about how things can kind of go wrong. I'm really just trying to plan for my future. You know, this is my third year on the faculty. And so I really want to make sure that I'm doing things correctly in terms of like planning for my retirement and investing, for example. So I have been uh, investing in stocks for a while. My mom actually got me into it, but I have so much to learn about it, like more than what I'm really doing now. And so I'm looking into courses now to take in um, to learning more about stocks uh, in early 2021. I did do some more investing in stocks during the pandemic, just things that kind of made sense, like things that were related to treatments or um, the, the, the airlines industry. Did you put all your money in the airlines? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Stay away from that. <laughs> but like cloud-based computing, stuff like that. Oh. And mostly from tips that I got from people. So, But I want to learn more about how to find these companies on my own. I joined a financial literacy book club and we've read about, I think we're on our third book now. Ooh. And so trying to find ways to uh, just investments to increase my passive income. Um, like I love what I do, but I, at some point I would love to like be able to do it just because I love it, not because I need the money. Wow. Um, and so that's where I am now since I can't really just go out and hang out with my friends. I'm trying to spend that time uh, wow. to did, increase my financial literacy. Did you say you're... <laughs> it's not exciting, but... Did, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it sounds... Yeah, it doesn't sound exciting, but yet it does. Yeah. I mean, I'm so yeah. impressed every time. I remember being in college and seeing people like reading the newspaper back in the day. The old fashioned days, there were like real newspapers. There were these big sheets mm-hmm. of paper and they had all the <laughs> stocks and bonds listed. And I'd see people looking at that. And so I remember being in the, the student rec room one time and I grabbed a, a newspaper and I opened it up to that page and I was just looking intently trying to understand it and somebody kept behind me like whoa look at you and I'm like yeah look at me <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing but, but did you say you're taking a course or I'm did- looking into trying to find a course on okay more some stocks for those of you listening in podcast land, um, we're we're fortunate. You'll probably get him on, um, even though you're not Hopkins, Doctor Yuval Bar Or. 
He's at the Cary Business School, and he teaches courses not only at Cary, but for us in the School of Medicine. And he's actually written a couple books on financial literacy. And he does a course for us on financial literacy for um, folks in academic medicine. Yuval, you, it's Y-U-V-A-L, bar or B-A-R. O-R. But he has a really great uh, day-long thing and two books. Um, so you might want to check him out, Alexis, and everybody else. Oh, definitely. Thank yeah. you. Okay, financial literacy. So now we know that everybody who wants to learn about financial literacy can contact Alexis Hammond <laughs> here at Hopkins. <laughs> also, you said you started off talking about meditation and you like to build that into your daily practice. Now, I don't know what about everybody else, but I took uh, Dr. Netta Gould's Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, MBSR course. That stuff is hard. And then I also have the Calm app as well. But can yeah. you just help people, those of us who are out there who have the hard time of focusing or losing the focus? And what my big thing is I can't stay quiet or still that long. I find my my mind racing. And I'm sure there are so many of us in academic medicine, we're the same. We're just so hard driving, perfectionist, plowing through life. How did you, if this was a challenge for you, I'm making a huge assumption here that it's a challenge for you. How did you get or wrap your head around, wrapping your head around mindfulness and meditation? (laughs) Yes. No, it's definitely a challenge for me. And um, I definitely haven't mastered it (laughs) at this point. But I think the key is knowing that that happens. Like, your mind is going to wander, but the goal is just to to attend to that and then to bring it back to whatever you're focusing on, whether it's the breath or a guided meditation. Just being okay with it, you know, being kind to yourself again, knowing that you have so many things on your mind, to-do lists, but that it's going to happen and then you just bring it back once you notice that. That was, I remember uh, Netta Gould, when I took the course with her, she would I'd say, you know, I have such the best intentions. It's kind of, I'm like, all right, I can do this because I'm so stubborn. If I decide to do something, I'm going to do it and I'll be, and I'll get into it. And then I don't know what happens. I'll like stop myself and like, where in the world am I? I was walking down this path and all of a sudden I'm over here. How did that happen? And I always think about it like I have a very active prayer life and I'm the same way when I pray. I'll say, Abba Father, start praying. And then I'll meander in my mind. And I always, my people, my Bible study crack up. I said, I always picture God sitting on his throne with his head, his chin rested in his palm, tapping his foot and going and like, yep, I'm waiting. She'll come back. She'll wrap herself around here back. I'm like, whoops, sorry. Kept you on hold there. I didn't mean to meander down that path. I'm back. I'm back. I, my mm-hmm. mind just kind of that focus. And so Netta would laugh at me and she'd say, Tim, I think of it this way. It's like when you find yourself being distracted, think of it like someone is knocking on your front door, that thing, mm-hmm. that reminder that, and you just say, Oh, you're here. Hello. You greet it. You put it aside or you say, or you usher that thing out the back door and kind of regain your focus. So. As you're mm-hmm. saying, the grace and the mercy of, okay, Kim, don't be so hard on yourself. Yep. Right. You wandered there. Hello. Oh, you're here. Nice to see you again. Let me just step. I'm a little bit busy. Go over there or I'll get right. back to you later and go right back over to where we were. So that's, that cracks me up. Exactly. It's so hard to do it. Yeah. No, it is. So the other self-care you were, you were talking about, remind me. Prioritizing myself, 
limiting my media consumption. That was it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Dr. Hammond, that, that is a big, big thing. So yeah. how do you f- walk that fine line between wanting to be involved and know what's going on versus recognizing when too much is too much? So h- how do you right. navigate the all right, I have to understand what's going on. And when people say, I can't believe you didn't hear that so-and-so or such-and-such happened or how could you not know this? What's wrong with you? Right. Versus mm-hmm. wanting, you're, you get stuck down that, that vortex and you can't take your, tear yourself away from it. So how do you yeah. navigate that? Well, one thing I did actually around election time was I turned off all my notifications for social media or my news apps. It's when my text groups were saying too much, I would <laughs> turn off notica- notifications for those too. So what you can do is kind of set times where you check in with either your news app or your news channel, your social media app, instead of getting these notifications throughout the day and then you're going to see what's going on or just kind of scrolling mindlessly. And so that's really kind of mm-hmm. what I have done in like more high stress times yeah. is kind of just step back, take a break, check in when I feel like I need to. And if I don't check in all day, that's okay. Yeah. And I'm sure something big happens. Someone will tell me. <laughs> and so just not just thinking about other things and not focusing uh, on those. I love, I love your attitude about things is that the recognition that, yeah, if it's, if it's uh, the zombie apocalypse is happening, I trust <laughs> that my, those people in my inner circle will know me enough and right. love me enough to tell me, Kim, the zombies are out. It's happening. It's right. happening. And they're going to let me know. So I, I right. love your, your, your attitude of trust that if I need to know something important, I'll, I'll be there. I don't need to know all right. the minutiae. And then what you're, I think the subtext there, at least so I'm projecting subtext is mm-hmm. that this recognition that this hyper attentiveness to having to know everything raises our stress levels. And certainly during this past year of crazy on top of crazy on top of crazy, recognizing that if your heart starts beating more rapidly and you're kind of getting twitchy and you're getting cranky and and you're feeling distracted and and whatever, all, all that awareness, the mindfulness, as you said earlier, of What's going on in me? Why, why am I doing, why do I feel this way? Oh, you know, walking that backwards and then playing it forwards. Do I really need to be consuming this? You know, whatever this is, because so I think it's just very wise of you that you've been able to make those connections and then deliberately choose how you will be. Yes. I I mean, I think I I was able to recognize some of these symptoms that the stress was causing in me, you know, as a psychiatrist. And so I really was like, I need to do something about it. But definitely encourage people to do that, you know, get a therapist, whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. I love the the pro the proactivity of Right. And, and to be proactive, you have to have a level of awareness of whatever it is, whatever's going on. If there is, you know, anxiety or fear or anger, just first of all being aware of what is going on in my body. Why? Right. You know, what's happening here, and what is the link? What can I attribute this to? And and I, I like also what you you know, of course, by nature of what your science is and what your practice is, but endorsing mm-hmm. psychiatry and acknowledging mental well being and mental health, emotional health is on right. the same plane as physical health, and mm-hmm. destigmatizing 
if anything, you mentioned earlier silver, silver lining. I think one of the silver linings is normalizing what's going on in our hearts, in our heads, in our souls as important components of holistic health. And, and saying, I need to see a therapist. I need to, I need a counselor. I need an advisor. I need a therapist. And I was on a call with my national committee just last week and, and the, the head started, the head of the committee started off by saying, you know, let's, you know, how are y'all doing? Tell me one, you know, personal thing or one, one professional thing going on. And when one of the committee members said, you know, I'm actually, I'm in counseling and that's really helping me a lot. And I was like, kudos. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we've seen like Michael Phelps and lots of professional athletes and people speaking out. I think the more we normalize that and just build it into a natural conversation, oh, last week my therapist said, or uh, my counselor told me, or my, you know, my spiritual advisor said, if we start incorporating that into normal language and activities that people would say, that's just like working out. It's just like eating healthy. It's like going for a walk. It's like turning off social media. It's just part of hello. Um, it's no, it's okay to yeah. not be okay. You got to talk about it. Exactly. No, I, I tell people it's like having a personal trainer. So yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I think this year people really, people who had never experienced any real symptoms, stress and anxiety. I think this the first time some people really experienced it. And so I think that is one of the silver linings I tried to identify in this whole thing of being able to normalize some of these types of symptoms and experiences and getting help for them. Yeah, wonderful. Ah, perfect guidance. I appreciate you, Dr. Alexis Hammond. Folks, you have been learning and getting some wisdom on habits and hacks from Dr. Alexis Hammond here at Hopkins. And I hope you join us in the next time at the Faculty Factory Podcast. Thank you, Alexis. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. The mission of the Faculty Factory is to build and support a community of leaders in faculty development who share tools, resources, wisdom, and encouragement in service to our faculty members, schools, and institutions. We encourage you to go to facultyfactory.org to find out more, get in touch with me, ask me any questions. Maybe you want to be interviewed on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. We'll see you next time. The Faculty Factory podcast and website is sponsored by the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine Office of Faculty. For more information, visit facultyfactory.org.